everyone, welcome to Getting to Know Strangers. I'm Carl Moran from dataoperator.com. On this podcast, I secretly record my conversations with strangers, usually at bars, or I record my dates with new women with their consent, all to show you how to get to know strangers, make friends, and spark connections with those cuties in non-sleazy ways. To put it simply, this is the antithesis of pickup artistry. I will be analyzing and commentating on how both I and my strangers interact so you, the listener, can recognize conversational pitfalls and establish conversational pathways. With that said, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome. This is the first date of Getting to Know Strangers. I met a wonderful woman named Morgan on the dating apps. She listed in her profile that she also had a podcast, so that's actually how I kicked off the conversation. I said, hey, I'm starting a podcast myself. I would love some pointers. So we went back and forth on that for a little while. We talked about her podcast, which is called The Morbid Millennial, which focuses on uh, true crime and some paranormal unexplained events in our past, uh, a lot of which seemed gruesome. I listened to the first episode to get an idea of her character. She was very upbeat. Uh, and it didn't change when she was talking about gruesome events or torture devices, and that actually was consistent when we met on our date. She was happy-go-lucky about all the topics we were talking about, and it was actually uh, nice to chat with someone like that. They were happy to talk about anything and everything, Uh, so the conversation wasn't um, stifled by anyone feeling uncomfortable about topics. Um, so we were chatting back and forth on the dating app. Uh, it seemed like the conversation was going well. I asked her if she would be okay with going on a date that's uh, recorded. She said, yeah, that's great. That's fine. Uh, so I suggested that we go out on a, uh, a an artsy date. I said, hey, how do you feel about going to an art gallery and painting together? Uh, she said, that's awesome. And the reason I picked this was because, first off, I saw on her profile that she had some digital art that was linked in her Instagram, and I figured that was her art. Even if it wasn't, she still, you know, that was all of what was on her profile was uh, a lot of this digital uh, uh, comic book webtoon-esque art, and I figured, okay, well, she'd probably like art. So I recommended this place called The Atrium in Old Sacramento. It's a great place to go on first dates or any dates, really. it's like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, depending on if they have an event or not. And they also give out wine if they do have an event. I thought the place was going to be quiet. I also know the art director there. So I figured it would be a comfortable place for me. Um, and it's going to be quiet. Uh, that was not the case, though. When we went there on our date, it was also an artist's debut. So it kind of was loud. It was rambunctious. A lot of people came to support, but it was still a good time. Uh, so after we discussed this date, they thought it was great. Um, I called her later just to get an idea of, you know, expectations and setting some logistics and talking about, um, if she wanted to be anonymized and if she knew the parking situation in old Sacramento. So I, I, I have been in old Sacramento quite a few times. I know it's always packed um especially on the weekends so i was you know i called her i was like hey do you know about the parking situation she said yeah i used to work there um and to me i felt assured i'm like okay if you've worked there you've 
probably seen it at its worst and uh, they were still late. So I waited around for a little while and then before it got too far, because I recommend uh, as a dating coach, do not wait around. If it's been 15 minutes and they haven't even told you that they're going to be late, uh, just leave. It's not, that's a red flag. Don't collect those. So I, it's a couple minutes out um, and I call her right away. I say, hey, are you doing all right? How are things going? Uh, she said, well, there's there's a lot of traffic and now I've never seen uh, old sack so packed. And I was like, okay, well, um, I'll be here. Just find me when you get here. Um, things were slightly awkward for about the first minute, but we were able to diffuse it pretty quickly. And I'll talk about that later. Um, I knew that she was sort of doing a favor by letting me record this date. And I wasn't uh, in a bad situation where I was looking like I was that awkward guy just by himself at a restaurant you know, waiting for a date that's, you know, super late. But uh, I luckily knew the art director, so I was able to chat to her. There was an artist debut, so I was able to look at the art. I was able to talk to the artist. So I was I was keeping busy. I didn't, I wasn't uh, that awkward guy, maybe for like a, a minute or two, just because I was like, all right, well, I've done everything. Uh, but they showed up, we hugged, we, inter- you know, did the, how are you doing? This is, you know, this is the place. Um and we kick off the date. Hey, good to see you. I was just texting you. Hey, would you like a drink? I'm pretty sure it's free. Sure. Yeah. I we, need one after that parking fiasco. After the parking fiasco. Yeah. I never come down here when it's this busy. So. Oh, I know. It's I, there's really like one park that, near the uh, the station. The, yeah. Yeah. Amtrak. So expensive that one? that one. At least with the one down the, down there, it's like ten. The one I tried to get into is full. Oh no no no! So there's the there's the parking lot, which is like yeah like fifteen bucks. But then there's like just general parking for. The people who use the train, it's like oh, it's like normal parking, yeah. but no one uses it because it says RVs, but yeah. anyone can use it. Well, I'm sorry to make you wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, old sex crazy. That's why I usually I'm like yeah, yeah, I usually yeah. ask people like, do you know the parking situation? Yeah. Or I ask people if they want like a ride together because then we only have to find one parking spot because you can see people doing loops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would I would have said that, but I work right now uh, at a funeral home in Carmichael. So it, I'm not sure where you live, but I didn't want you to drive out of your way. Oh, I live in Midtown. Okay, so yeah, I, would, I wouldn't want you to drive out of your way. So two things I want to point out here. First, I can tell that she feels awkward for not being on time. And I've already internally decided that I'm not going to be upset about her being late. I want this date to go well. Uh, so I don't want her to continue to feel awkward. So what I'm going to do is a technique called a conversational pass. I'm going to give her an out. I'm going to say, you know, it's not your fault, unforeseen circumstances. Maybe it's even my fault. Don't worry about it. So I'm saying in this specific situation that, hey, the old sack parking situation is crazy. You know, I'm only here on time because I know the secret parking spot. And, you know, essentially that's her out. She's like, yeah, you know, parking's crazy here. We're not going to worry about it. Let's just continue. Um, This can work in other scenarios. I can think of if someone uh, were to break something of ours, you can be like, hey, don't worry about it. I shouldn't have even, you know, set it there. Um, 
it was just asking to get broken, you know, something along those lines. You can shift the blame so they don't have to feel socially awkward. I would say that's a great time to do that if it's really not something that they were being careless about. They're just sort of a natural klutz. That's totally fine. The other situation where you can keep justifying things is if they're late. So you could say like, hey, there wasn't great directions. I should have given you better directions or, you know, GPSs, you know, don't give great routes to this location. You can just give them, even if it's not true, you can just give them an out. Um, so that's usable if you want to diffuse any kind of social awkwardness, but be discerning. I wouldn't use this more than once with uh, a specific person, especially if it was uh, with time. If someone's not respecting my time, I'll give them an out one time maybe, <laughs> but for the most part, uh, don't let don't keep using it because then it's going to give them uh, this sort of green light to keep doing it and continually not respect our time and their time, really. Um, so be discerning. The second thing I wanted to point out was that she says she didn't want to inconvenience me by asking for me to go out and pick her up. Of course, that's uh, absolutely true. I wouldn't have wanted to drive 30 minutes out to go pick her up and then 30 minutes to go to Old Sack and then 30 minutes to drop her off and then 30 minutes to come back to my place. So um, that wasn't a viable plan. What would have been a viable plan is if I suggested that she come to my place and we drive over to Old Sack together. But the reason I didn't pick that was because we haven't had a whole lot of interaction. I don't know her character that well. You know, I got some idea from listening to her podcast and chatting with her a little bit, but I really don't know any of the things that might be super upsetting for either of us. So if she were to come out and be like, yeah, Black Lives Matter is a joke, then I would be like, well, this date's over and I hope you have a good night. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to be responsible for getting her home at that point, right? So uh, and the same thing too, maybe uh, it, it, if I were to say something upsetting, she doesn't want to, I don't want to have her rely on me to get her back to her car so she can go back to her place. Um, this would be okay again if we were friends, if we already knew each other, if maybe we just, you know, had more discussion or if it was some kind of uh, casual, maybe we were like more intimate, casual connection kind of vibe, but I wasn't planning to you know, take anyone back home. That wasn't my intentions going into this. Uh, so I just suggested that we meet there. Would I do it differently in retrospect? Maybe, but then I might just be sitting at home waiting for her to show up. I'm not sure how much was traffic, how much was parking. So I'm still fine with my decision. Anyways, let's continue back to the date. You said you used to work over here? I used to work over here, yeah. I worked on L Street and J Street for a while. Doing what? Um, cake decorating and selling chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Now I work at a funeral home. Those are very, that's, a, that's a big shift. A big shift. That's what I'm going to school this, for, though. Are you so. still decorating dead bodies? I like to tell people that, yeah, I'm going from decorating okay. cakes to people. Makes sense. If you uh, have a choice of wine, which do you make? Palette? Oh, thank you. I'm always down for red. Yeah. What do you drink? I usually pick red as well. Oh, yeah. Libations. We were hoping for some reds. 
Uh, so we have one red. Perfect. Yes, that'll do. The blends. Thank you. Feeling, feeling thirsty. Yeah. This is our seat, but we can. Uh, you're welcome to look at the art. Oh the yeah. Other, other yeah, I never knew this was over here. I've been many a time. She's the artist over there. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, she just gave me her card. Oh, that's a cool card. Depressed happily. Oh, I've heard of her. Chat with me. I, had a, I asked a, the gallery owner, I'm like, what's a, what are good artist questions? Because <laughs> I feel like the, what's your inspiration is like such an old it's pro. It's you know? yeah. I'm like, what, life, you know? <laughs> Anything relevant? Like, what's your favorite technique? That's a good one. Yeah, she was like, she's like, get specific about something. And I'm like, okay. I can do that. Why are these smiley faces? <laughs> right? Those are cool little business cards. So all this is hers. And like, that's, yeah, this is hers. Her debut. And this is just like local, local artists. We're all set. Thank you. Mm. So I am recording right now. You know Where are you on. recording? It's uh, it's on uh, my necklace. Uh, I figure if it's out of sight, it will make things a little more natural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, I have a podcast. It'd be natural regardless. Right. Right in your face. <laughs> no, I listened to your uh, your first episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of torture. A lot of torture. A lot of. Uh, Vivid descriptions. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. If for no other reason than I get to like create my co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, she she seemed very uh, ambivalent to the to the to the torture. That's just her. That's just her. <laughs> yeah, just her. How did you find her? So it's very important to inquire about the relationships that our dates choose to have. So friends, co-host, co-host seems like a pretty important deal. That is a business partner. That is someone that they conversationally vibe with. Um, why do they value this person? We want to know why do they choose to spend their time with them? What are their similarities? What is the influence that they have in their life? This is important stuff to know. If they are an important person to our date, then if we're going to be dating, directly or indirectly that person's going to affect us so it's probably best that we get to know them so if relationships pop up like this ask about it uh we actually were co-workers okay uh we worked at Rayleigh's when i first started cake decorating and it was just one of those things where we both were like the quiet person so we just stuck together right <laughs> but uh we're both aries too so we have similar like chaotic energy so I actively avoid Zodiac talk. I guess I can say I appreciate that my date didn't ask when I was born. Um, because when people do that, they're just trying to fish for your Zodiac sign and assign you to one of those Zodiac boxes. Uh, so I'm glad she didn't do that. I'm not sure if it's because she read my body language or maybe she just didn't care enough. Either way, glad it didn't come up. I see zodiac signs as a form of prejudice it is space racism anytime that we take any innate features like skin color or time of birth and assign these these characteristics these assumptions we are diving into prejudice we are diving into bigotry even if it's well-intentioned it's stereotypes are never good um, there is no difference between the statement i won't date 
a Leo and I won't date a black guy. Or Aries are quick to anger and Latinos are quick to anger. It is the same statement. It is just ignorance based in different traits. Um, I really despise it. I think we should all actively uh, fight against prejudice. This is definitely a form of prejudice. Um, I know there's people that mean well in the in that community, but I really it's just fueled by confirmation bias and the the marketing ploys of the wellness community. Anyways, I'm glad the topic just comes and goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, she even talked about bringing concepts to work on, so that'll be interesting for sure when she gets around to it, when we're back on, back from Hiatus. Concepts meaning what? Uh, stories. Like, stories like I wanted to cover the Dyatlov Pass incident. Uh, a bunch of Russian hikers went missing and were found with wounds that would have come from a car crash, but there was no explanation for that. So it's just like a mysterious thing, or like uh, the the Puente House in Sacramento. Do you, do you plan on giving your own uh, theory behind it all, or is it just you just stating the facts? Or... Some state the facts, but like laying out every possibility, and then go, well, what do you think? And what do you? Think? If it's a mystery, it's like, well, what do you think? What's the most likely thing here? What do you think? Since we're collaborating here, what do you think should go on this campus? Do you do art? I was like, I saw that you put, it looked like you had some like webtoon kind of art on your Instagram thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a webtoon actually. Neat. But uh, yeah, I, I went to art school, so I, I know what to say about things like this. Okay, great. <laughs> I know what to ask artists. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I haven't done it in a, in a long time. If we have access to our dates, social media, we should absolutely be using it. It is a great way to find common ground, to figure out the similar interests and what conversation starters to use and what questions to ask. If we're not using it, we're really just shooting ourselves in the foot. It's public. No one's going to feel creeped out that you looked at their public social media. Use it. It's only going to benefit us. What kind of things do you like? Great. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I like I'm I'm when I make art I'm very big on uh, symmetry or at least things like yeah. feeling symmetrical or if there's some balance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's I don't know I'm not I like abstract's cool like I appreciate it but I was like it doesn't happen for me. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> as someone as someone who studied it once we got to modern art I was like oh I'm gonna be angry a lot of this. Like Cy Twombly, this is me Yeah, I don't know what that is. What is that? It's basically, he's this really famous painter, and I saw his work in the MoMA, and it's, it's as big as this wall, and you're just looking at it like, why? Why is scribbling worth five million dollars? I don't get it. I get it, but also no. Because, uh, like, the whole idea of abstract is like, oh, return to simplicity. Because, like, after World War II, everyone was really sad and kind of PTSD inflicted. And it's like, can I just look at some pretty colors and not have to think about the everything that happened? Right, 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 right. So I get why we do it, but also, yeah. Okay, all right. I feel like. 
How do you feel about like an ombre effect from like one color to the other? Oh yeah, just on the background. Pick colors. What do you think? Pick colors. We got uh, we got yellow and peach going on here. Yeah. Yellow to pink work. Yeah. Sure, this may happen. You do yellow, I'll do red and start with. So I'm someone who easily gets decision paralysis around arbitrary subjects like art. I did not want to come off as indecisive, so I just picked the first thing that I saw, which was what we were wearing. I'm wearing yellow, she's wearing peach, and that's what I went with. We don't want to look indecisive, especially on a first date. Make a decision. It really doesn't matter. Uh, what does matter is that you look confident in your decisions or can just make a decision. Get some physical art, not digital art. A while. Um, I think the last thing I did was like an anima series I was working on. Uh, some of that was on my Instagram as well. It was... I, I actually didn't find your Instagram. I only found your podcast Instagram. But you did have like your few pictures on your profile at the bottom. That's what Hinge does. Oh, oh yeah. That was the Honkus Ponkus account. Honkus Ponkus. That is my art name. I see. Also... I mean, we could decide this at the end. Do you want your name and any identifying information blurred out? Okay. Right. I'm not afraid of being known, despite <laughs> what some people would think. Also, I'm not even Spanish. I have never worked with acrylics. Oh, <laughs> I've only worked with acrylics when it came to paint and sips. So I'm always, I'm always a little intoxicated when I do. So a minute or two goes by here where we don't talk. We just hone in on the artwork. And this is good because we can contemplate of what we know about each other. We can think of questions to ask. I'm sitting there thinking, what do I know about them? What do I want to get into the weeds about? I end up asking about her job, which is not a great question to ask a lot of people on a first date. It's most people's jobs are boring and a lot of people don't want to talk about or think about their job when they're not working. So in most cases, probably not a good option, but this person works with dead bodies. So there's got to be at least one good story in there. Um, and I just want to reemphasize that the interactive dates like painting turn awkward silence into contemplative silence. A big difference. Did you end up working today? Is that what? Uh, yeah. So we, I was running late because we had an emergency case where we had an OD come in, and they needed to be buried right away because nobody claimed them. So we had to have like an impromptu funeral for them. They bury people who don't get claimed. Yeah. Really? I thought they. I thought they. I would. I don't at, know at a lot about. At some cemeteries. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It, it's pretty nice, but um, yeah, it was a pain because we had to we had to slow down on that because the family before them wouldn't get out. They just kept hanging out, and I understand that because also it's traumatic. You want to like process it. It's also like, homie, you rented this space for two hours, and you've been here for three. I uh... yeah, I didn't really have any relatable stories or follow-up questions to that in my mind i'm like <laughs> yeah the the people who mourn their dead too long are the worst you know i could have said that i i guess that would have been funny but it's, i didn't go with that i just kept going to the next 
relatable topic in my mind, which was uh, cemeteries, which I have some knowledge about. Do you ever walk around graveyards? Yeah. It's calming. It's very it is. It's like, it's like an unknown secret, like a cool, like serene space. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's some great, like there's some great. There's not a lot of people there. It's not noisy. I like to do uh, joint walks. Around. Yeah, and especially like uh, depending on how many, like what type of cemetery it is. Like the ones we have is very nice because uh, we have like wind chimes in a specific part of our cemetery called the Tranquility Garden. So like families can hang up uh, wind chimes for their their family. And so you're just sitting in this really nicely well-made space that kind of feels like you're in like a surreal, like calming space. It's very nice. I don't know how to explain it very well. I can explain art better than I can explain spaces, you know? That's my good friend, Sammy. Hell yeah. Sammy, this is my date, Morgan. 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 Morgan, I'm Sammy. Nice to meet you. This is the art gallery director. Oh, nice. That must be a fun gig. You might have the best job in the world. Hell yeah. Yeah. Are you an artist? Nice. Also, yeah, she's a very artist person. She's excellent. She's an excellent writer and uh, an excellent dancer. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you ever have interest in dance, ask me. Gotcha. Ask all the dance options in Sacramento. That's true. We are aware of them. Talk way too much about it. We do. We do. So my friend Sammy Ann, the art director, she comes and refills our wine glasses and then gives us some distance. I can tell she's not trying to be imposing because she knows I'm on a date, but I bring her in anyways. I introduce her and then I introduce Morgan as my date and that is the correct wording you wanna use. You wanna introduce your date as your date, not your friend. Uh, that's gonna lower the potential perceived intimacy and romance if you introduce them as your friend. You know, they're out there thinking, oh, I thought we were on a date, but I guess we're just friends. And if you can't be honest that you're on a date in public, then you should, probably shouldn't be on the date to begin with. I then also hype up my friend Sammy Ann. I said, she's an excellent writer. She's an excellent dancer. And then she in turn flips it around. She's like, yeah, if you ever want to know anything about dance, you want to ask him, you can ask me. We know all the dance spots. So that's exactly what I was hoping for. If a friend unexpectedly or unexpectedly interrupts your date, introduce your date, say, hey, I'm on a date. This is my date. Uh, and then hype your friend up because then they're probably going to hype you up and make you look good. Yeah, she said this is her dream job. Good job. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is like a cool gig. I've been, I've wanted to get into like gallery stuff for a while. I'm going to start submitting my work to galleries, but eventually doing like uh, gallery curator stuff would be so nice. I'm just thinking how you incorporate dead bodies in God. Oh, fun. That's the fun thing about it is I don't want to do any one thing for any length of time. Oh, I get the, it. The idea of that gives me hives. Alright, this, look, this looks deep. This looks rich. I'm going to let you pick the next phase. So we got a cool thing going on here. We do. So yeah. what if this way want to do a scenery? Meaning what? Any number of things. <laughs> like, 
ocean below, sun. You can do stuff in the foreground, like with the black or any other of the things. What did you just visual? What did you just visualize? Like a beach scene. Like a beach scene. You can also do uh, mountains. Right. Right. Or you could just go ham. Just start doing whatever. Beach, mountains. What else we got? What else is there? I'm gonna let you start it. No, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna play off you on this one. I'm gonna defer to your ex expertise. <laughs> I did not expect it to be this bad. I know that might, that might not be great for your audio. It's not. It really isn't. Um, that's fine. I can always just like cut out parts, explain what happens. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. It actually gets pretty loud in there for the next couple of minutes, and we just are focused on the painting. Uh, there's no big conversation topics that come up, so I'll spare you that. Uh, we just are focusing on the painting for a few minutes. I don't know if I'm messing you up, but we'll see what no, happens here. This is collaborative art. There's no such thing as messing up anything. And there I was, preemptively apologizing to messing up the art and she's now giving me the conversational pass she's saying don't worry about it this is collaborative art nothing we do is going to mess it up so she's making me feel good by telling me nothing can go wrong or whatever i do it's not going to be bad um, so she's diffusing any kind of social awkwardness to my attempts to to do art or mess up the art uh, which makes me feel good so it's appreciated uh, Take, a, take note of the conversational pass. She does a good job here. I got some date questions for you. Absolutely. What's uh, the most awkward date you've ever been Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the awkward one, give me, that's the story I want to hear. So I really like asking the question, what's the most awkward date you've been on? I used to ask, what's the worst date you've been on? But that's... That led me to uh, some bad stories, one about assault, and I figured, okay, well, I need to ask this question in a different way, because I am looking for sort of more funny retrospective stories. Uh, talking about assault can be important, uh, but that's not what I was going for. So I'm looking for, you know, funny stories and what not to do. I'm learning what she finds awkward and what really should not be repeated ever again. I feel like I'm putting in more effort, like to the point where like, have you ever heard of the, the 36 questions? No. So it's a series of questions that the New York Times put on as like a study, like what does it take for some people to experience intimacy and how fast can you experience that? Not like... Uh, like anything like love although that was a, a portion of it but it's like how close can you get in the shortest amount of time and, and I ask those questions if someone's like not very forthcoming it'll just be like okay well let me get to know you against your will sort of because like, <laughs> the questions get progressively harder it starts with like uh, who would you want to like have for dinner and then it eventually gets to what's the most embarrassing thing in your life or what does friendship or relationships mean to you Things like that. This happens all within the span of a conversation? Within the span of a conversation. Okay. 36 
uh, increasingly invasive questioning. Yep. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is, right? That's what relationships are. Exactly. <laughs> You're just getting to know each other. But depending on how uh, aggressive you are about it depends on how much you find out. I guess the questions themselves will build up to... You know, it's like you get your foot in the door, and you're just like widening, widening it a little bit more and more, which is slightly more invasive question. I yeah. Get it. <laughs> so, like, you don't feel as weird about sharing the answers. Yeah. We're doing clouds. Is this what is this? Is this the ocean? Ocean. Right, 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 right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I didn't get the awkward date story. Oh, you didn't get the awkward date story. My bad. So. The most okay, so the most awkward recent one that I've had. Okay. Someone was like, "Do you want to just rent a room and hang out?" Uh, because like we didn't live in this, the same town, and I'm like, "Sure, whatever." Okay. So I. That was the that was the first this meeting the first in a room meeting. that you're that you're renting. Yeah. Okay. And like. That really sets the stage. <laughs> it really sets the stage. Like, we, we weren't, like, neither of us were, like, 80 foot fuck or anything. It's like, that's not what it was. It was just, like, do you want to hang out somewhere since neither of us live that close? And so we get there, and we, we, the man doesn't say anything. He's just sitting there. Not, not giving anything. And I'm just, like, sitting there drinking a White Claw, like, okay, what's happening? And... Ends up turning on what's that movie? Friday. Okay. I think that's With what it's Ice called. Cube. Yes. Okay. There are plenty of times throughout this story where I want to interrupt her and say, "What the heck were you thinking? Like that was, why would you trust a stranger, uh, like that?" Uh, but I'm not doing that, right? It's I asked her to tell a story. I'm gonna let her tell the story. If I do interject, it's when she's done with a statement and. Uh, it's usually a question, so I just I'm trying to get more clarification. I'm trying to fill out the story a little bit more. It's great to just do that if there if there is a need for it. Uh, otherwise, let people just talk. Let them let them just finish the story. Um, I also will when I when the statements come to an end, I might just reflect the what the feeling was in the story on her side. So I'm trying to be an empathetic listener as well. So I'm like, oh yeah, that is bizarre. That is. That is weird, um, but that's not necessarily like interrupting. That's just uh, being the engaging, empathetic audience. We end up watching both of those movies, and I'm just like, "Are you gonna say anything at all?" Really? That's bizarre. He said nothing, and I just—that's when I like started like force answers out of him. Like, okay, thirty-six questions. I'm not gonna sit in silence anymore. <laughs> Oh, you hit him with the 36 question. Yep. And Did it open him up a little bit? Barely. Barely. I I don't say this to be mean, but the man was about as interesting as Milk Toast because he he didn't tell me about any of his interests or like what he was doing or what he wanted in life. It was just kind of like, I'm just going to school. I don't really have many interests other than drinking and watching Friday apparently what a weird thing this man doesn't have anything interesting to say because he doesn't do anything interesting if our hobbies consist of television video games we're not actually 
working out our socializing muscles. You don't get a whole lot out of watching other people socialize. You actually got to do it yourself. Uh, and if you don't have anything you're passionate about, again, it's you're just always going to come off as dry. You're always going to come off as uninteresting. So we need to find hobbies, uh, especially ones that involve other people. That way we can socialize, we can work out those conversational muscles. And if there is a date, or someone that you're interested in and you have a mutual hobby, then bam, that's the catalyst for starting a relationship. Yeah, this very, very awkward situation. So I ended up just taking a power nap and then I left. You felt comfortable enough to sleep next to that guy? It's more of a, with me, it's less that I'm in a room with you. It's more you're in a room with me. So even if I'm unconscious, I wake up pretty fast. So if he tried anything, it would be fine. Plus, he was very tiny. He's a very tiny man. I could throw him like a football if I wanted to. No worries. You might be able to hear the real pain in my voice of me doing my best containing my judgment around these decisions. I wasn't asked for my opinion. She didn't ask for my two cents, so I'm not going to give it. That would be rude. I asked for a awkward date story she gave it i'm going to be happy with that but i don't want anyone thinking that i thought those decisions were perfectly rational uh, i think that was a poor choice i don't endorse it if you're with someone who makes you uncomfortable who's obviously a very socially awkward person sleeping next to them is not a great choice i know she's trying to give them the benefit of the doubt but there are a lot of doubts i don't see any benefits and her being a true crime podcast host and someone who, you know, researches gruesome acts, it seems like a pretty surprising, interesting choice on her on her part. Um, but again, I'm not going to throw out my judgment and I shift the topic right after this story just because I know if we continue focusing on it, I would probably start throwing in my two cents. But I don't. Uh, I just changed the topic. I also have some tea here. It's jasmine and chai. Oh, I thought you meant gossip tea. I was like, spill it, let's go. <laughs> doing well, how are you doing? So someone briefly interrupts us here. They recognize me or they think that they recognize me and they run up and give me this very familiar hug and I have no idea who they are. I'm just acting nice. I'm not trying to make it awkward. I forget to ask the art gallery director if they knew who it was, but uh, after that person leaves, I didn't inter I didn't do any introductions because again, I don't know who they are. So I turned to Morgan at the end of that. I'm like, I have no idea. You know, I whisper that to her and she, she gets it. But I, I, I wanted to tell her that because, you know, I was introducing other people and it would have just been weird for me not to have done that with the specific person. I didn't want them to think that I had some weird relationship with them. Uh, yeah, so if that ever happens, just explain it. They recognize me. Have you guys watched Doug? Yeah, it's been yes. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Patty Mayonnaise? Yeah, Patty yeah. Mayonnaise. This is exactly the same color as The debuted artist pulls us into a conversation. She's making the rounds 
and we happen to be sitting next to one of her art pieces. Uh, so she pulls us into a conversation and uh, talks about one of the color schemes, and then we both take turns uh, doing our best asking her questions. I do not have complete accidents. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that's the best kind of art, though. This, this, the claw here on the, on, on the mouth. Yeah. What is that? So, like the pain it's itself, or just like the claw itself? Like, what does it mean? Yeah, what does the claw mean? So, this is like the price you would pay for love and attention. So, the price you would pay is like, are you going to change yourself for that person or that attention? Are you going to I'm going to do my best to be an art critic here. Uh, I don't really know what that entails, but I, I leave this part in because it seemed relevant to dating um, and finding love, as she states here. Uh, so I ask about a specific element in her painting of this this woman who's having a... Uh, it, her facial expressions are getting swapped out, and there's a price tag on it. And there's a she's, she explains that, yeah, the, the painting's about the price that we pay. Like, what are we willing to pay to appease someone? And this is my interpretation. Uh, but what is the price that we're willing to pay to appease someone, to bring in someone that uh, we want in our lives? This, like, desperate need for love. Uh, and it's it's like a superficial change, right? You're, you're throwing on a smile. It's not It's not genuine, but you think it's going to make the other person happy. So they don't necessarily have our best interests at mind, but we're still willing to sacrifice some price, which is probably going to be just a lot of just covering up our emotions, uh, our true emotions to, uh, to be with someone. What's your favorite process for this? any of your work do you like have a plan before you go in or just figure it out no so uh... so morgan really lights up when she talks to the artist i can tell she really enjoys talking about art and engaging with artists um she asks a good question here she says what is your process which is pretty broad and i was just told we should be specific but she does narrow it down she says what is what is your process is it something that you plan out or is it something that you figure out as you go along? So I think that's a great question to use. I've only seen it in action once now, but it seemed great. They got a good conversation going. If you're ever in a conversation with an artist or a date with an artist, have some have some questions like that ready. Uh, that way you don't kind of come off as a boring observer uh, or someone that knows nothing about art. Um, uh, but they talk for a little while. I don't engage a whole lot. I kind of am just poking at the painting. I let them talk. And after the artist leaves, we talk about uh, podcasts again, sort of what issues have been arising. She wants more engagement from her audience. Also note to my audience, please engage. Welcome to send in any questions, uh, what you'd like to see. Um, uh, so we talk about podcasts for a little while, and then I ask her, you know, what does she like to listen to? What, do, what, what is the podcast that get her engaged? And that's where we'll, we'll get back in. Um, so like time suck, and that's why we drink uh, crime junkies, art holes, is we dumb. So this is where I make a mistake. Not a huge mistake, but there's definitely some room for improvement here. I ask her 
what her favorite podcasts are. She lists off a few, and then I respond with, I've never heard of any of those. So that's, that's the mistake there. I am subtextually saying, I can't relate to you in that way. Uh, I don't know any of those interests that you just listed. When I could have just asked about the most interesting thing on that list, uh, this is why we drink sounded like an interesting podcast name. I could have asked about that. Uh, art holes would have been the most relevant thing to ask about since we're on an art date. Uh, luckily, Morgan doesn't skip a beat. She just dives into an explanation about art holes, which was good because, right, that's relevant to the date. Sorry. If you want to get more into art and feel like you know what you're talking about, definitely see Art Holes. Because it's a dude who knows absolute jack shit about either art or history, but just kind of like fists the subject up to the shoulder. There is no holding back for him. And he gets so invested, he like starts dreaming about Italy in the Renaissance period. So he doesn't know anything about the art that he's about to discuss, but then he what dives deep into it while he explains? He recently recently the hell out of it. And then says like, Hey, I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, but based on these five books I read, I'm about to tell you everything you never want to know. So we talk about some of her favorite artists and She does some name dropping here, but she doesn't do it in a way that makes me feel dumb or ignorant. She does ask if I know about them or she just provides an explanation, which is really appreciative uh, because I don't have a whole lot of art history knowledge and art knowledge. So it's nice that she does that. Um, I cut out some of the conversation. It gets kind of loud again, Uh, but I loop it back in and we talk about an artist that leads to the name of our art piece. Artists are very interesting people, regardless of what type of art they do. But he's doing Toulouse-Lautrec next. And Toulouse-Lautrec, have you ever seen this painting? It's called Le Chat Noir, which is like a big black cat on like an orange background. Is it just a silhouette? It, it's a silhouette. A silhouette with eyes. Here. I will pull it up. It'll help. I haven't seen this, but I like it. Toulouse Lautrec used to do bar paintings, so this is a bar in France. And he he was like like 4'11", because he jumped off uh, a building with with an umbrella and broke his legs and stunted them as a child. So he was very he was a very small, bitter man. But every brothel in France grieved, grieved his death when they, when he died. So that's that was his legacy. <laughs> um, is this a, is this our final product? I think so. Unless you want to add more. What do you think we could add? We can add silhouettes if you want. Black cat. That yeah, would be cool. Yeah. Uh. Do you want to do it big or small? Do it, why not? It's like in the corner looking back at you. How would you start it? I need you to start it. I touch you. Yeah. The stencils like blasphemy to you. I usually never do stencils. I have like a really uh, strong hand. Strong hands? Yeah, like in the sense of uh, not strong, like a stable. Uh, 
was a fantasy novel I was reading a while back. And in the first novel, there's this the kid meets the you know the hermit in the woods sort of kind of thing. Um, or the hermit in the woods saved him at some point, and turns out the kid has some latent magical ability. The hermit is happens to be this like all not all powerful wizard, but this like famous wizard that was thought to have died you know hundreds of years ago. And uh, he ends up living with the wizard to like start his training. And there's this cat that lives on the premises. And and the old wizard's like, whatever you do, don't piss off the goddamn cat. (laughs) Regardless of what type of cat it is, just don't piss it off. (laughs) Well, it's like it's just like the it's like a I think it's just like a black or it's a gray gray blackish cat. Yeah. And it seems to be like, from the kid's perspective, it seems to just be like a normal cat. And maybe it seems to be like a little more discerning than most cats. But for the most part, it's just a normal cat to him. And then at some point, the wizard fights off sort of this invading army and then gets killed. Well, he's like, he's like on his dying breath. Like, he kills everyone, but he's, like, dying at the last minute. And the last thing he says to the kid is, like, again, whatever you do, don't piss off the goddamn cat. And so the cat's just sitting there at, like, the front of the of the home after the guy dies. And he won't let the kid in. And then he, like, makes Then he realizes, like, this cat is not a normal cat. Um, and it later, like, talks to him. And he ends up being, like, this... This demigod, uh, but he still acts like a cat, which is like one of the funniest. They deal with like demons and fairies who all make deals, but this this cat's like, don't you dare try to make a deal with me. He's like, I will do my best. I love that. Hell He's like, I am not one of these fairies or demons. That sounds like cat. He's a cat. Yeah, cat. Like I will help you when I want to help you. Exactly. <laughs> no. Face away from us. The goddamn cat. The goddamn cat. Turned out the cat was just offering the wizard protection from outside forces. They both had similar enemies. Hell yeah. <laughs> you have to what book is that? Do you remember? I think it's called Adept in Magic. It's pretty good. No, it's uh the cat's not like the cat pops in whenever it wants to pop in, you know? That's yeah. it, yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah, that'd be dope. I'm reading a book right now it's called uh, The Starless Sea. It was a little and tough hearing myself retell that story in such a, a babbling manner. Um I think I like to think of myself as a, a good storyteller or summarizer of stories. Uh, but I'm a little intoxicated here, so I'm going to throw that in there as my defense. Uh, but more to the point here, I'm using what she was just talking about. Uh, one of her favorite artists used a black cat as a uh, as one of its main pieces in his art. And then I talk about a, a black cat in one of the fantasy novels that I, I read recently. And she then relates to that as well talks about one of her fantasy novels that she reads that also uses a cat as a plot device, which shows me that she also likes fantasy novels. So that's great. 
another thing that we have in common and that we can talk about. I do cut out her description of a book that she was talking about. It gets it gets real loud in there, and it's um, it's not super necessary to all this. I was engaging. I asked questions, just like the rest of the rest of the conversations that we had. Have you listen to Libby? So you have a library card, yeah? No. If you get one, you can basically download the, the Libby app on your phone. You have the access to all the books in the library. Not just, okay. You don't have to pay for them. So it's Audible. Okay. It's like Audible, but you can also free. get the. It's like Kindle, really. Yeah. Kindle and Audible, but for free. I'll have to check nice. that out. Yeah. Would you like to add anything else? I want to fill in the black, these little spots here. Do you want to sign it at all? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I find it really cool and I appreciate when people give me relevant recommendations around my hobbies. So she tells me how I can get free digital books and audiobooks, and that's awesome. That matters to me. Um, after that, we finish up the painting, and as we're finishing up, the debut artist is getting interviewed so we decided to stay for that i cut it out because y'all don't need to hear it um we also wanted to go find a restaurant in the area and hang out a little longer have a bite to eat something to drink um, but before we leave we talked to my friend uh the art director before we head out great job thank you great job. <laughs> Uh, I think we can just go. Do this? I mean, we'll carry it around for now. Do you want to keep it? We got a Rochambeau for the bits of us. You can keep it if you like. Yeah, I'll keep it. I'm glad to be involved in the process. Sam, man, do you need me to do anything with this? No, 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 we got it. Okay. Take you guys care. had fun. Yeah, it was. It was great. Good to see you, man. It's good to meet you. It was good to meet you. I really enjoyed this. I've never been here before. This is very interesting. You can come back for another event. I definitely will. Um, I'm trying to get a gallery on my own as well. So, are you an artist? Yes, I am. Can I give you my card? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Make some connections. Great. Got it. That's why I picked this place. She seems artsy. It seems great. <laughs> so where do you want to go next? Oh, I know they got some food down here, so we can just check that out. Yeah. Have you ever been to um, uh, Honey in the Trap Cat? Uh, Honey in the Trap Cat's a good bar. They have good food. If you want to try there, they've also got an outdoor area that might not be as loud. Okay. Great. <laughs> That's the more important part right now. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Yeah, they're very, uh, they're very big on people of color and queer artists. Yeah. They, they usually try to display those at those as their like centerpieces. Yeah. That's what they're advertising. They had a 
like a queer um, like meetup paint paint and meet. Wow! And there was also a, they did a, they did like a singles night too. So I want to plug one more time the atrium. You can find them on Instagram atrium nine one six. Great place to take dates again. Uh, I did go to a singles night there, and it was all women except for me and one other guy. So if you ever see that pop up, uh, utilize it. Uh, it was a cool time. Met a lot of cool women. Um, after this, we headed over to this bar. Um, it gets real loud in there, so I, I cut out the conversation until we leave into the patio area. Uh, we talk about what our food preferences are, what kind of drinks that we like. And she custom orders a drink, which I've never done before. And I'm impressed. Uh, if you're someone who knows what they like, try custom ordering a beer. I found it impressive. I'm sure women would find it impressive. Um, I just order a beer, uh, very basic, but that's what I like to drink. I don't want to get super intoxicated. We also have a, a, a short conversation on, uh, strength versus flavor she's someone who needs a strong drink and i'm all about the the flavor it needs to taste good for me um after we grab our drinks uh we order our food we head outside and uh start a conversation again ah perfect away from people and sound and music I can figure out acoustics at least. What, the, what are we going to name it? What do you think? <laughs> I got an idea. The goddamn the sunset? Goddamn oh, I was going to say the goddamn cat. Or the... The goddamn... <laughs> it's in the way. Goddamn cat's in the way. <laughs> Excellent. So would you like to try this? Oh, please. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, see, so there's peach schnapps, and then I heard nothing else. Peach schnapps, whiskey, uh, Sweet and sour and orange and curry. Sweet and sour what? Like sweet and sour. Sweet and sour mix. That's what it's called. That part's not alcoholic. It's just a taste mix. Yeah, it's pretty good. Taken as a shot, it is dangerously drinkable. All their beers were very regular, so I didn't get anything fancy. (laughs) That's fair. So this might sound silly, but this is really important practical dating advice for those who don't already do this, and that is sharing our our food, any fancy or fun drinks with our dates. So unless we know that they have an aversion or an allergy, we need to be offering to share. And there is no real middle ground here. We're gaining brownie points if we offer, and we're losing brownie points if they have to ask, and more so if we say no, and that would be ridiculous. Uh, this is a reflection of our character. So if you're not someone who likes to share food, you need to get over that. You need to start sharing your food. You're a jerk otherwise. Uh, my date offers to share her drink, and I was going to ask too. Uh, it sounded delicious, but she, you know, right away is like, would you like to try this? And that is excellent. I just have a basic beer, and I tell her that, you know, it's nothing special. It's just some lager. It doesn't even taste that great. Um, but... I would have if I had a fancy beer. I would have I would have offered right away. I usually try to get like whatever craft beers that they have, but this is all just like 
have you been to Device Brewery yet? What's it called? Device Brewery. No, I have not. I highly recommend that. Um, I like their IPAs a lot. It's oh, and there's another bar right across the way. You wouldn't think it that it was a bar unless you knew that it was. It's called Trunks. It's just a big blue door. It's like a secret bar. It's pretty cool. Where is this? Um, woo. Over off 21st and S. I think I've heard kind of. of. Wait, Frank's is a Chinese restaurant. I mean, maybe, but there's a bar called Frank's. There's another bar. Okay, maybe it's different. It's not there's like a Michelin recommended restaurant called Frank's. <laughs> also, do you mind if I smoke? Go for it. I like asking because I'm not an ass. Yeah, if you just don't blow it at me, I'm, I'm fine with that. Is it flavored? It is. It is. When I, when I worked for the cannabis company, uh, all, we were really big on selling all natural, like nothing, you know, it's just cannabis in our vape cartridges. Yeah. And uh, we tried to, do, like, I, I think they started to do a flavored line as, as I was leaving, but we tried to do it bef- like a year before that. Yeah. And they were just gonna use a different name, like not use the the Himalaya name, but use like a different company name. Like this is the fake stuff. This is the real stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I'm like, do whatever Jules is doing, like bubble gum, grape, like whatever their top flavors are. Like, just do those flavors. I love mint. We had mint, and I was just like, ah, I would smoke this all day, every day. My two favorites were. Um, Either it tasted like trees or it tasted like fruit, pretty much. Specifically blackberries. Any of that stuff. Artificial blackberry? Okay. Artificial or otherwise. Artificial grapes are my favorite flavors. Hell yeah. <laughs> that Welch, that Welch grape? <laughs> mm. It's funny that I didn't run into that other bartender that was over at this super busy one. Mm. I saw him the other night. I was here last week. I've been trying to get out of the house a lot. I'm not like a big fan of staying home, even though I should. I like to have the idea today of like, I'm really tired, but I won't stop. Great, okay. <laughs> That's yeah. what energy drinks are for. Wow. You know? I've actually never had an energy drink. For what reason? I like knowing people's reasons. For not having an energy drink? So I remember when, uh, yeah, when, did, when did energy drinks have a thing? It was like back in high school, I feel like. People were drinking them like water. I thought, I just knew, like, okay, there's a lot of weird things in there. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to drink it. And I was an athlete, and I was like, I'm just not going to put weird shit in my body. And I think the one thing that would probably constitute a uh, energy drink was the, the original Four Locos. Yep. Because that was like an energy drink with alcohol so it was like being hyped up and also like wanting to <laughs> uh, I'm glad they I'm glad they uh, banned those that was the first time I ever threw up actually was drinking yeah. well, they're technically still back now but they're not I know they are yeah 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 whatever they did I'm glad whatever it was first time I ever was like intoxicated I was I threw up while intoxicated was because someone's like hey drink this as fast as you can and Anyone I was like, sure, dumb, <laughs> dumb college freshman, I'll do that. I felt awful. Yeah, I had that. And I was like, yeah, I'm never touching energy drinks again. 
you think I would have a similar situation like that. So fun fact, one time at band camp. Uh, <laughs> no way, you started a story that way. I wish I was... I, wish I don't I was usually joking. go to the... Is it? Okay, but this is alcohol related. But well, who knows what how this? Okay, energy drink. Um, you think I wouldn't drink energy drink because of this? So it was my band director's second year, and it was my first year because I was in sixth grade because the high school was too small to compete. So they started to be like, middle schoolies, get over here, compete with us, so we can be a one A band, which means we had like thirty people. So we were all marching onto the field, like doing to a drum tap, and all of a sudden we hear a crash. One of the tubas had passed out. We were like, oh my god. We went to go check on him, and he didn't have a pulse. Ah. I don't know why I'm laughing. No, it was kind of funny, because we were, like... like didn't he didn't have a pulse? He was, as a high, he was a high schooler, so he should have known better. And also, our teacher told us, hey, when we're doing band practice, I don't want to fucking see any energy drinks on you. Because we were in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like 100, but like 110 with humidity. Right, yeah, okay. And uh, essentially what had happened, he'd been downing energy drinks before he went on the field, and the heat and the stress of doing consistent marching reps made his heart explode. Did he die? He died. <laughs> you know, when people start their stories, then, you know, this one time at band camp, I'm like, oh, cool, some weird sexual <laughs> experience. It's like, no, I saw a man die. Okay, I also great. saw another man have his leg open like a fish. Yes, he was a trumpet. So, of course, he made a spectacle of it. Man, can't, man what's going on over there? I, especially in the South. I, it might be the underfunding. That might be it. Because we just, our band camp was, hey, let's go into the high school parking lot. Excellent. Not even on the field. Excellent lot. story. <laughs> I've got a lot of those. Yeah, so I mean that adds to my reason why I don't uh, <laughs> drink energy drinks. Yeah, you think that would be a reason that I don't, but I'm just like, you know what? I like how it tastes. That's, that's about it. It doesn't even really like give me a lot of energy, but like truly I'm trying to cut back because when I was uh, decorating, I I had so many. I would have like three or four 300 milligram cans a day. That's not good. Because, like... A day. A day. If I was working, I was having three or four 300 milligram cans a day. Do you have any side effects? Not until I realized, maybe I have a problem. Let's cut back a little. And then I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) And, like... Unless I had like a copious amount of caffeine, it nothing helped. Ah. If anything, it made me sleepy. Uh-huh. So I've definitely cut back now. I'm trying to go towards more coffee because although calories in coffee, there's less caffeine in it. You have to drink a lot more. And um, so yeah, I'll maybe have like a cup of coffee and an energy drink, but I don't go for the high caffeine ones anymore. Okay. I stay for the ones that don't taste like taurine. Right, 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 right. That's a big ingredient there. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You play it by ear. You figure it out. I actually don't drink coffee. <laughs> really? For the same reason? Same? No, not necessarily. I. There was a there was a nutritionist who came and talked to us, um, when I was in college, and he was like saying, 
He's like, if you aren't drinking coffee, it's funny because <laughs> I feel like one nutritionist is like, yeah, it's not great. And then another nutritionist is like, it's a legal stimulant. You should take it for your performance. <laughs> and I'm just like, um, he's like, but if you aren't doing it, don't do it. If you're already doing it, keep doing it. Like, don't stop. Uh, and I was just like, okay, uh, I'm not going to get into it. I just like, coffee's never been like something that's like, tastes good again to tell you I'm all about the flavor. Yeah. I like coffee, like ice cream. That's yeah. fine. I can dig it. When I was in Japan, there was like this, they have this children's drink that's like coffee milk. It is yes. so fucking it's delicious. So good. And I was like, oh, I can't get enough of this. And I can't believe they give children this. I buy that at the Korean market. It's so good. Oh. But uh, for the most part, like black coffee or just like coffee with a little cream, not for me. I just I, take I just take naps. I wish I could take naps. I between like working kind of full time and mm -hmm. going to school full time, I don't get naps. You don't get naps. No, I, and that's sad because my friends call me a bear because if I could hibernate, I would. Okay. I really like sleeping. I've uh, always I've always enjoyed. Well, I can't fight it. I can't fight naps. Like when sleep when sleep hits me, I'm just like I'm going to sleep. Nothing I can do about it. I've probably fallen asleep at the wheel at least ten times. Oh no! So there is a trade-off here. <laughs> I was about to say I envy you, but now I am afraid for you. Those divots, those d -d 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 saved my life. Oh yeah. Ten times over. Hell yeah. One time I fell asleep actually when the when the lanes. Like a new, like a new lane opened up, and there was no divots there. So I remember just like, like waking up like mid-turn. Oh no! And I was like, oh no! And it was like one of these like you know swerving back and forth. I've gotten pulled over by the cops because I was I was uh I looked drunk. I was like, nope, just sleepy. And that's not illegal apparently. So it's not. <laughs> they can charge you for reckless driving, exactly, but yeah, unless they did like it. you really like almost hit someone, they can't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, um, I got off. Yeah, I, I I passed their. T I was awake when they pulled me over. <laughs> but I was definitely, definitely awake. <laughs> but I was definitely <laughs> sleepy when they when they flashed those lights. Oh my gosh. Yeah, thankfully I've only ever been pulled over once, and that was I think more because they wanted to meet a quota than anything else. I just got a ticket uh, right after Thanksgiving. So pissed. I was like, how dare you just sit out here for holiday traffic and just ticket people? What were they ticketing you for? I was, I was, it was like it was a it was a highway between highways. So it was like this little highway between the I five and the ninety nine. And this guy just sat there, and it's like completely empty. And the speed limit for some reason is fifty five, even though there's like no reason for it to be. And I was going, I think seventy, like seventy seven. So he got me going like way over, like twenty two miles over, or something like that. Yeah. I think it was a 55 miles. So I was like 22 miles over. But we're also in California. I tried to fight it. Goes he 80. showed up to court, and I was like, "God damn!" It. Oh. <laughs> I had to go to court down there too. So I was like, "That was a lot of waste of time." Yeah, I had to. Um... So fun fact: the the name on my ID and the name of, for my cards are very different because I'm going through a name change. Okay. <laughs> This is what you're changing it to. This is what I changed it to. This is what you changed it to. Okay. Yeah. Great. So I have to talk to the credit company for them to change it. I feel like there's a lot. That's a big hassle of changing identities. 
so much hassle. I have spent almost a thousand dollars to do it, and now I have to talk to my home state to get them to send me a new birth certificate. But yeah, it was about like a total seven hundred dollars to go through the court to get them to give me a decree, and then I had to talk to Social Security and my bank and the DMV and everybody right. and their fucking mother. Yeah. And I might have to spend more money for the birth certificate for some reason. Why? Did you change it? So, uh, part, I don't speak to my dad's side of the family. So it's just the last name, too? Last name and middle name. And middle Okay. Yeah, so my last name is the family name for my dad's side. Okay. And the middle name was like a... My dad wasn't quite there when the naming happened, but we saved that for him. So when he came in, he's like... My brother has a daughter named Taylor, and I like that. And I'm just kind of like... That's a terrible story. That, that, yeah, it's a terrible it's story. It's not even like... It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't like... There's no significance to it. So it's like, okay, well, I don't talk to him. For reasons I will explain if you would like. But otherwise, I don't talk to him. Wait, 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 wait. What is it? His brother's daughter? Oh, so it's, so not, my, it's um, not a past so relative. Okay, your cousin. You got named... It's so weird to get named... Yeah. The other way around, instead of a past relative, it's like... It's like, no, she was, she's a current living human being, and you're going to have her name. It's like, what? No, Hi. No. All right, interesting. But, yeah, my my mom just like, no, she's going to be named Morgan. She popped out with hair darker than I expected it to be, which, ironically, she named me after a horse. Because a Morgan horse is known for their dark coat. And I came out with a full head of hair. <laughs> Man, have you ever heard something more sudden? The reasoning, yeah, the reasoning behind that <laughs> baffles me. She was gonna name me Brianna, so at least I dodged a bullet there. But yeah, so I changed it to McKittrick because I share a birthday with an ancestor of that name, and that is actually my grandfather's grandfather. So I find that more significant, at least. I have a, I have two middle names. Uh, <laughs> it's like. It's funny because I didn't realize the contentiousness of it until I was an adult. And uh, it's it's Carl Dean Thomas. My last name is Moran. Uh, Dean is my biological grandfather on my mom's side. Thomas is my... Still my mom's side, but my grandfather by marriage. The one who actually was in my, in my life. I actually don't... I've only met my biological grandfather twice but the thomas the one who's married to my biological grandmother now is uh the one who i would call my grandpa like my grandpa yeah uh and i did not know how much my my grandma hated my biological there's a huge history behind this and it's like if you go back in the days, like people, there, it was like child marriage, you know, it's women didn't have any rights kind of thing. And, yeah. You know, she was, yeah, she was a 13 year old, 13 year old. She was 13 when she got married oh, wow. to this guy. And he was in his 30s, so that makes him a pedophile, right? Yikes, okay. Um, and it's like, I guess it's relative to the time frame, but still, this guy is, <laughs> is, uh, is a pedophile. I mean, hey, you have pedophiles in your history. I have slave owners. I don't know. Equal shame. <laughs> I well, I again, I don't know him very well at all. I hope not. But I never knew that. I never knew this 
And my grandma would always, anytime she would like have this sort of stern, uh, you know, like get my attention, she'd be like, Carl Thomas. And she would skip the dean every time. <laughs> and I'm just like, why does she do that? I have no, I like, and then I'm like, why does, you know, and I find, I think I asked my mom or something. I'm like, oh, she hates your grandpa. And I was just like, oh, why? I mean, she's got a reason. Yeah, and then I, I finally got, I got more reasoning uh, this past year, actually. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, he seems like an awful person. And very deadpan, she's like, you know, he's 90, I can't remember how old he is. Like, you know, he's 96 and no one's killed him. And she was like, totally deadpan. And like, he's still alive. And I was just like, I thought it was a joke, and she was like, "I would have killed him." And I thought it—I thought it was a joke, and she was just like, "Like really? Like he's still alive? Like this evil man?" <laughs> see, those, see, those are the best grandmas—the ones that are just like, "No, I'm a spiteful bitch. Why aren't you?" Yeah, my grandma's sharp. She is. Like she really is. That's how my uh, great grandma was before. The dementia eventually hit her, and even then she was sharp in a way that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up having to put her in a home by the time she was like 93. And then my parents told me, it's like, oh yeah, um, Grandma Simmons, she, she broke out of jail. I'm like, what? <laughs> she tried to escape from her funeral home. A funeral home. Wow, that's dark. <laughs> I mean, it's probably what she thought, of, thought it was. But she tried to escape from her nursing home. She climbed through the window. She was probably 100 pounds soaking wet. She was small enough to do it. But wow, I'm she impressed. Was, she was like breaking down the, down the road. Where was she? Like, what was her plan? I, going back to her house, okay. I suppose. But they caught her. I just. I don't like all. The, I don't even like the verbs that are used here. I, I, it's I a know. sad. It's a sad reality. It's really sad. But also, I heard that and I couldn't stop laughing because out of all the women who would do that, it would be her. Nice. Because she was always like that really sharp, like really sweet lady. But the moment something happened, she would like not care if there were little ears around. She's like, that's fucking stupid. Like, yeah. Damn straight. Tell me how it is. She's like, I am six years old and I agree with you. What does fuck me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's why a lot of people tell me, it's like, oh, I don't want to get old. Like, that's a scary thought for me. And I'm like, no, that's a privilege. I, I think it's a, old. I think it's a privilege for sure. Um, there's definitely the not giving. And I, I, I don't know. I think this is a, uh, I just came across a, a post recently that was explaining uh, people of color and white spaces and how a lot of, a lot of white families like will not have any kind of like real talk like they always are kind of dancing, dancing around, around like the subject and in like people really like they don't tell anyone really the truth because they don't think anyone can handle the truth and i'm like okay well like as you get older i feel like yeah they start to be like i don't give a shit you know like i'll, I'll say whatever i want I'm, yeah. just like, I'm like that's so refreshing right it's that's what i so love Perfection. When you're older, nobody can tell you a goddamn thing. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Because like you're 80, if you want to go scale a wall and break into something, just let her. She'll die any day. She'll die any day now. She's lived a life. <laughs> nobody can tell you anything. Even if something bad. 
I just want to be at that point, you know? Because <laughs> like, well, living your living your own living your own world, right? Like, and at, at some point too, like as you get older, you're like, wow, damn, I might actually live to be old. Because when you're young, you're just like, I might die any day now. Who knows? It happens all the time. Wow. That's for me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Alrighty, is there anything else you guys need? Yeah. Yeah. Old folks' homes. Uh, I know. That's so depressing. Interesting date conversation. <laughs> I feel like when I hear about people volunteering at old folks' homes, I'm like, actually, that doesn't sound too bad. It really doesn't. <laughs> I'd be kind of down for it if you didn't have to do an RN like course for it. Oh really? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not just showing up. Uh-uh. Unless you're a volunteer, but different thing. Oh, that's what I mean. Let me just hang out with them. Have them tell you some stories. Yeah. So, when I worked at Ginger's, we used to have a lot of old people would come in. And some of them probably should have been in a home, God bless them. But one of my coworkers did not like old people. In the sense of, like, not in the sense like she hated them, mm -hmm. but like they made her uncomfortable. Okay. And it was just like, no, I love old people, like, more than I like children. Because old people, they got stories to tell. Some children are just like, I saw a bug today. Oh, no, they can be mind me. It's like, my dad got caught with my auntie. He's like, she's like, okay, um, thanks for telling me that. But old people would be like, well, you know, the ink on receipts is magnetic and cause cancer. And it's like, yeah? Tell me more about this. I want to hear your crazy conspiracy theory. Like, it's like it's like I said. Like when when you're older, like you just nobody nobody like tells you nobody tells you you're wrong. You're just like yeah, keep keep talking. Like tell me more. Like they, if nothing else, they end up being funny. So in just a few seconds, I'm going to interrupt her in a rude way. That's. Uh, me not waiting for her to finish her sentence, I'm interjecting, and I just continue talking without apologizing. Maybe I wasn't uh, as cognizant since I have been drinking, but me listening to it again, I'm clearly interrupting her. She was still speaking, and I just kept talking, so uh, not great. And she was like, they just make me uncomfortable. I don't want to be old like that. I'm like, if someone wants to be old. Facing I your own mortality, that's tough sometimes. Actually, I remember that was like, my major in college was human development. And while most of it focused on child development, there was a lot of like longevity and like the aging brain and yeah. just how you deteriorate as a human. Yeah. And I'm like, those classes, I'm like, oh my gosh, how depressed, like you literally just like, I take a breather, like, okay, time to go face my own mortality and the fact that my parents and my grandparents are going to die soon and they're going to have a very terrible time about it. You know, it's just like, fuck. My, um, 
I tell people this a lot, and this is one of the things you don't really expect to encounter in an art history degree. You talk a lot about mortality. Because that was like a really big port, uh, part in like Renaissance art, for example. The whole concept of memento mori. So like wilting flowers, skulls, uh, timepieces. You're constantly reminded like, you're gonna die. And especially back in that time period, people died young and tragically and suddenly. And you just get really comfortable with the idea. Not a whole lot of peaceful in your bed deaths, huh? No, not a lot. And if there were, it was like after a great disgrace. And that was usually due to like a political thing of like, we just want to ruin your career because we don't like you as a person. Your face is stupid. <laughs> but you get really comfortable with that idea. And especially me as a person, like I've had, I've encountered a lot of death. Not just like human death, but like animal death. I had a ton of animals growing up. And you get really comfortable with the idea of like, you're, well, you're gonna die one day, so why not just do whatever you want? That way, when you die, you have no regrets. There's the silver lining. <laughs> do you see it? Make you be more thankful. For what exactly. That's like the thing of like I told you about doing one thing until you die gives me hives. Like. I, I've grown up with so many people that are just like, I went to school for this, I was really passionate about this, but I hate my job. I hate it, I don't want to do this anymore, but I'm doing it for a mortgage. I always thought, like, I never want to be like that. I at least want to have the idea of like, okay, well, like, right now, for example, I have no kids, I have no spouse, I'm not dating anyone. What's stopping me from doing literally anything, at any time? If I wanted to go to Europe right now, I could just book a flight. I'd be dirt poor when I came back, but I could do it. And just that freedom of things. I'm like, you're going to die one day. What does it matter? Do what makes you happy. Plus, like, if you have the type of parents that I do, and the coworkers that I've had, because I have a lot of work moms that are like, Morgan, don't have children. Don't do it. It's a trap. I'm like, I know. I d I'm not planning on it. <laughs> if it happens, that's an accident. <laughs> but, like, my, mo my mom, she told me this. She was like, you know, I had your brother by the time I was your age, and I was 23 at the time, and I'm just like, I couldn't handle a child. That was, I, I that's an older brother then? Yeah. He's like, he's 31 right now. So, seven year age difference. But, yeah, like, I I could barely handle myself. I could not have a child in my 20s. So, if, if nothing else, 30s is when it will happen. You know what? Actually, no, that's so funny. I remember, I haven't thought about this in years, but I was like, if I ever have a kid, it's going to be when I hit, like, when I hit 29. I'm 29 now. And now I'm just like, no, no, no. I need to have, like, a very perfect situation <laughs> like money household the partner's got to be great exactly got to be like there's got to be so many factors and there's no settling on any of that it's like <laughs> no it's perfect or it's not happening yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah 29 I was engaged at one point so it's like Ooh, wow. wow I have to push back a lot of mental stuff when was that how far how long ago was that 
I was 21 when I got engaged. 21! All right. I, I was dating someone who could sell a rich man a penny, so... Uh, does that mean he was manipulative? Or he was just an actual salesman? Both. I mean, aren't salesmen manipulative? Kind of, I mean... Yeah, there's like, there's like good, I feel like there's good manipulation and then there's like... There's convincing and then there's manipulation. Yeah. It depends on what you're manipulating for, I feel like it's the overall thing. Is it self, yeah. if it's, is it self-serving? Or is it for the greater good? <laughs> but yeah, so I had this idea, like... I'd be married by 23 ah. and like doing the doing like all the adult things mm -hmm. and that did not work out so it's like well fuck it let's just do whatever and see what works out you still in contact with that guy hell no <laughs> that ended terribly probably for the best <laughs> absolutely I dodged a bullet because after we broke up three months later he'd married someone all it took three months. And and that and I told my friends, I was like, that's probably because like he told me he was like, I wish I'd asked you to marry me sooner so that you wouldn't leave me. And I'm like, oh. So you were doing it as like a like a trap card. So I, I they told me it's like, oh it looks like he's married now and I'm like, oh that poor girl. Oh no. And I don't say that to be a dick either. Three months is not enough time to know anyone and what they're capable of. Oh, yeah. And she looked at my profile at one point, so I'm like, oh, no, she figured out what she what she married into. Got it. He was basically, like, extremely schizophrenic and wouldn't medicate for it. So he was, like, cheating on me, stealing from me and his family. It, I thought he was dead for 12 hours at one point. Hot mess. I don't know if schizophrenic necessarily justifies any of that. No, it Or even explains it. It doesn't justify <laughs> it, but that's when it, like, happened. That was his justification for his actions. That was his justification. He was like, but I'm schizophrenic. I can't control this. Nice. And it's like, okay, but you're still being a dick right now. It's not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you can't, you can't use that as an excuse. Especially not when you don't want to do anything about the excuse. Yeah, and if you can identify it, too, and not do anything about it, that's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. <laughs> I don't try to be an asshole about it, but at some point it's just like, tell me, really? Please. What? 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 Meaning? What? What language is that? French. Mm. <laughs> In Italian, less what, like what, and more like what are you doing? Get classified. Do you speak languages fluently? Other languages fluently? Not fluently. I can speak them conversationally. And I understand more than I speak. So, like, I'm usually the one that's the translator when I go on trips with my friends. Have you gone on trips? Yeah, actually. 
Before quarantine, we had a plan to go to Morocco. So I used my Arabic and my French more. That did not go well because of the everything that happened. And now my friends are like dragging their feet. I'm like, come on, I'm going to go on a trip by myself if you don't go with me. Have we done that? Not Solo yet. trips? If I go on a trip by myself, I mean, now there's like a cheaper airline, so it might be France. Because like a round trip is $200. You're just one air- Yeah. What? Just one airline. From uh, San Francisco to Paris, <laughs> it's $200. And then I'm like, say less right now. Let's go. I didn't get to go to the catacombs last time, so uh, let's do that now. Plus, people always say the French are really rude. They're not. If you try, like genuinely try to speak to them and not be an asshole, they'll love you. That's what I hear. I, they say that they're they're rude, but really, I feel like it's like they were, you know, they refuse to speak your language a lot of the time. And like that's not necessarily being rude. It's just like you don't have to speak. You don't have to speak English yeah. in their own country. <laughs> No, like, speak French. It's like on my Hinge, Hinge profile. I spoke Spanish with someone out of the Eiffel Tower. Most of the people there are trilingual in something. Not everyone's good at English, but they know like Spanish or German. Mm-hmm. So they'll figure it out. All you have to do is try, though. And if you really don't know what you're doing, read a sign or show them a picture and be like, okay, so I can read this. Like, tell them you want something in French and they'll be like, so the bar ends up blasting some music right now and because of copyright issues i have to cut that out um we do end up talking about food we also uh, offer each other our food so that does happen and then we after we're done eating we decide to take a walk around old sack and uh we walk to the the bridge and the water and just continue chatting that way. Would you like any tea? Would you? Oh. Would you like any tea? That's what you meant. It's kind of hot. It's kind of hot. So just, you know, sip. Percolate. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Percolate. That is good tea. What type is that? It's jasmine and chai. To the bridge? Oh, you're talking about going underneath into downtown? Yeah. Oh, I was talking about going go underneath the bridge you, by the water. Whichever you think. Oh, let's go this way. Let's go that way. <laughs> I mean, it technically is a bridge. Unless you want to call it the underground. I was thinking the underpass, you know. I love Evangelines. All right. Oh, I spent too much money in there. For costumes? For costumes, for other things. Like, I have a purse that I usually wear. Uh, it's one of those like steampunk thigh purses. Mm. It's bitchin'. I love it so much. We didn't get a chance to go into the shop Evangelines. It's uh, a very cool costume shop. It has like three stories of just like costume stuff, and then it has the bottom floor, which is just full of like weird knickknacks. Um, if you have a chance, if you're ever walking in like a downtown or a tourist area. Take those detours. We unfortunately couldn't do it. They were closed, or at least the costume part was closed. Um, but do those detours. It's fun. You can point out things. It's just like a thousand conversation topics for you to to wander about and chat about. Um, not relevant to this 
particular date, but relevant to dates in the future. I think so. Every once in a while, I'll come out here and uh, they're like partying, you know, like yeah. and people are wearing nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is everyone's having a good time. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm like, how do people find out about these things? Right? <laughs> People tell me like, oh, the nightlife in Sacramento is good. I'm like, is it? I don't see a lot of it. And then you, you want to you photobomb this? <laughs> Why not? Can't we though? I can't. We, we can't. I can't. Without making it very obvious. <laughs> this is a very white group. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Oh great! I'll be right here. Do you need more people, man? I like that. I like looking tall. Well, you guys never know. We'll add a few people. Come up here. Come up here. They invited us. Come on, come on. We actually didn't get to photobomb these people. There was a woman in the group that just wasn't having it. She didn't care what the family consensus was. And uh, we didn't make a big deal of it. We didn't make a confrontation. We just said, sorry, we were having fun. Uh, we'll take off. And uh, I cut it out because someone on a boat drove by blasting some Barbra Streisand. So couldn't use that. Um, but what me and Morgan could have created here um, is a running gag. One of those things that people would call our thing you know it could have been something that in the future anytime we're hanging out if we see people taking photos we could try to photo bomb them and i think that's a important sort of factor a lot of friendships and couples will have is these going against the social norms together so you can always be on the lookout for that photo bombing is a great example um worst case scenario is someone just asks you to stop doing that or leave right so you get a small thrill out of it maybe some chuckles and uh you guys have a thing we all need to discuss <laughs> you can get away with. I like how you can definitely see that there's like a Have you ever been to the uh, the historical cemetery in Sacramento? The, I don't know what they call it. Which one? It's on Broadway. Oh, on Broadway? No, I haven't been to that one. It's nice. Yeah? Yeah. Do you want to sneak into a cemetery? I've never snuck into a cemetery, but I also feel like people would think I'm grave robbing, and I'm just like, eh. It is kind of illegal. You know, the whole trespassing thing. The trespassing thing, right, right. Do you Have you caught someone doing that? I haven't caught anyone doing it. I know a friend who does it quite frequently. Who catches people or is the trespasser? Is the grave robber. She's never gotten caught. What does she do? She's, 
Uh, what does she do? No, why, why, like, what is the, what is the goal? Peace. It's very quiet in the cemetery after dark. Okay, so she's not going to cause havoc. No, or, she's just going there to chill. To chill? Yeah. Yeah. I think you behind that. <laughs> Last time I was at, uh, no, this is a while ago, a guy came up out of nowhere and he was like, want to hear a, want to hear a cool story? <laughs> I was like, what a weird thing to approach someone at a cemetery with. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. And he told me, like, the story about this crypt that we got broken into and they stole the heads from everyone except for the, like, the, the husband. Wow. He's like, interesting, cool story, huh? I guess. I'm like, did you do it? I'm like, <laughs> did you do it? <laughs> I'm like, you might have been the one if you think it's that cool. Right. Do you care to sit? Oh. Or do you trust that? I don't want to sit. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I think, actually, you know, I think what I saw the cool kids doing, where they were sitting on these, on these stairs, but I don't know if there's enough space for both of them. You sit a little bit. One higher? Right. Right. <sighs> Is it okay if I uh, rest against your leg here? <laughs> yes, you're fine. So there are a lot of subtleties that go into recognizing when physical contact is wanted on a date. And I wouldn't say that physical contact wasn't wanted, but we didn't do anything flirtatious throughout most of this date. And we didn't do any small physical contacts aside from maybe bumping hands while we were painting and if i'm going to be if i'm going to be making sustained contact like resting against her leg or having my arm and hand on her leg i would definitely want to ask because there you, you really can't come back from unwanted contact you can come back from a no so if i were to ask can i have my hand on your leg or can i rest against your leg and she said no then that's fine. There's always room to continue building rapport. But if I were to have just went straight for resting on her leg and making myself comfortable while that made her very uncomfortable, there's really no way to come back from that. You're, you're, you're someone who can't read body language and is just assuming, and that's not great. Women don't want to be around someone like that. So um, always great to ask you're going to be better off either way. You're not ruining your chances. You don't look less attractive by asking. Uh, if they already like you and you ask, then they're still going to say yes. If they don't want to do that, then they'll say no, but you also still have a chance to keep building your rapport. <sighs> what, do you got, what do you got planned for the rest of the weekend? Probably shopping tomorrow. I need to get more work clothes. And my friend was like, I need to buy a dress for my cousin's wedding. And I'm like, finally, I have a shopping wedding. None of my other friends really like shopping that much. I mean, I don't either. But like, it's still nice to go with people if you have to. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because otherwise, it's just like, oh, I have to try on clothes. Do you think it's nice because you have the second opinion? Or it's just, it's someone to just kind of someone to bullshit to, with to bullshit with there you go yeah right I feel like I don't want to go shopping with people because it take a lot longer <laughs> it depends on what you're going for if you know exactly what you want and where to get it it's easier to go by yourself 
But if you don't know where to get it and you don't know exactly what you want, you're just looking around, at least then you can be like, hey, I'm really tired of shopping. You want to go get some pizza and try again? And then you have a lunch date. It works out. Who are these friends you're going with? Uh, it'll probably be the friend, uh, my co-host, actually. Your co-host? Yeah. Are you two, uh, pretty close outside of the, the podcasting? Yeah, we don't hang out a ton, but when we do, it's like, oh, hello, we've been friends for 400 years, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, that's how it is with a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends are either, like, workaholics or introverts, so they like doing their own thing. And I'm the more extroverted introvert, so I'm like, hey, do you want to go do something? Do you want to do something? Let's do something. Just come over and sit with me at my house. Nice. Let's just sit in a room and not talk to each other, and that'll be enough. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy that. Some company like that. Yeah, because, like, I don't really, I'm not really the person that likes, like, doing a lot of stuff. I just like being around people. Do Do you have housemates? I, have, I live with my parents right now. I oh. used to have roommates, but they bailed on me after the first, like, lease was up. Was, and this, that, was this during I, COVID? A little bit after. We moved in together before COVID. Uh-huh. And the ironic thing is that they're living with each other now, so it's like, oh, you just didn't want to live with me. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a shitty roommate. They're, they're just, like, they vibe better with each other. All right. But, uh... Yeah, so I'm back living with my parents for a bit until I can afford a place on my own. Because clearly I need a place by myself. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I live by myself. It's necessary. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I have lived with a significant other, and that was a great learning experience. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. No, they were, they were, they were really big on interior designing and like cleanliness and it really changed my habits so I do appreciate that yeah now I, you know I like I definitely want like a cute place yeah <laughs> somewhere you can like invite friends over and not yeah. be ashamed yeah exactly not a bachelor pad anymore right I'm always emphasizing how important it is to have a nice clean space if you bring home a date and they see that you've put some time and energy into designing your place keeping it clean maybe you have a few house plants they're more likely to feel comfortable. If they feel comfortable, then more positive things are likely to happen. Now, what happens here is we continue to have a conversation. I have to cut out a part of it, again, because of music. But we continue to have a conversation, and I can feel my energy. I'm getting My energy is getting low. I can feel myself getting tired. My response time and reaction speed to what she's saying is starting to slow down. So I recognize that, and instead of trying to carry on the date for as long as possible, I want to end things on a good note so I ask her if she's gonna stay longer if I take off and she says she's gonna stay if she wasn't gonna stay I would have offered to walk her to her car that's not the case she actually offers to walk me to mine and that's awesome Uh, but what I want to point out here is this moment where I I've recognized that I'm gonna leave um, and I'm gonna end the date and I kind of make it a little awkward so there's definitely a moment of when we realize that the date's over and relaying that to our date. There's there's this moment where we could make it awkward, uh, we can make it pleasant, 
or we can make it rude, right? There's sort of a spectrum here. Depending on how the date goes is usually where it ends up. So if you have a good date, it could be pleasant. You might It might be a little awkward. Or if you have a bad date, it might be a little awkward or it might be rude. Um, I, I believe this was a pretty good date. I, I made it a little awkward here. Uh, and I'll point out why that is in just a moment. Are you going to hang out longer if I were to take off? Probably. Okay. At least for a bit more. Well, I you can you don't have to walk me over there if you don't want to, but uh, probably gonna get going. Yeah, I think I'm gonna head home for soon. Where did you park? So yeah, it's right past the railroad. Uh, it's like right, right next to the railroad museum. Is this the candy heaven you were talking about? Uh, no, this is stage nine. Candy heaven. Is that one right? Right next to Laughs Unlimited. Yeah. I love that place. But yeah, if you don't want me to walk to your, walk you to your car, like. Well, I don't. I, <laughs> uh, I would I would welcome it. Would welcome <laughs> okay. It. Okay. Oh yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. So the reason I made this interaction so awkward is because I don't like being the ender of dates. I'm afraid of making her feel uncomfortable, making things awkward. So what I ended up actually doing was I give her this wish washy question and response that's hard for her to interact with because now she doesn't know if I'm trying to end the date there, if I want her to walk me to my car. So I end up actually making it uncomfortable and awkward. What I should have done was just approached her with decisive honesty. I could have said, hey, I'm having a great time, but I'm getting tired, so I'm going to take off. Are you going to stay? If not, I can walk you to your car. This would have been a thousand times better to say. I could have avoided a lot of awkwardness and as a, as a man, this is our best bet into ending dates, right? Decisive honesty, good or bad. In a bad date, same thing. I could have said, hey, I'm not feeling good here. I don't, I don't like how this date's going. I'm going to take off. Worst case scenario, maybe you get a verbal confrontation. Not that bad. Uh, women on the flip side, though, they don't necessarily have this option on bad dates. There are men out there that respond very poorly to negative honesty so whatever women do whatever their strategy is if it's lying dipping out however they get home safe great strategy now a strategy i want to point out that women use a lot that i love because i could have avoided this entire awkward situation that i put myself in because it eliminates the that role of being the bearer of bad news the ender of dates is designating an end time to the date. I could have said, hey, let's do the art, let's do dinner, let's do drinks. I just have to leave at 11. So if 11 o'clock rolls around, neither one of us is the, the, the ender of dates. It's the clock that's the ender of dates. I don't have to feel awkward. Everyone knows that the date is ending at 11. No expectations outside of 11 o'clock, right? So that's great. And the reason that I I love it besides that is because you can continue the date if you want to, right? So if 11 o'clock comes around, hey, I'm having a great time. Let's keep it going. I can push back my, my, uh, my morning duties, whatever it is, 
yeah, so if things are vibing well, you're having a good time, maybe things are hot, hot and heavy, whatever it is, you can continue the date. That option's available to you. Now, flip side, if your date is the one that has to leave at 11, it's still best if you're reminding them that it's 11 o'clock, right? You're not trying to keep them there. You can say, hey, it's 11. Did you need to get going? Did you need to get some sleep? This shows them that you're looking out for their interests and you're not being self-centered. Trying to hold them there is just going to make them uncomfortable. So being the one that is like, hey, did maybe you set an alarm, whatever it is, you just let them know that's 11 o'clock. They're going to feel a lot more comfortable around you. Some people are sensitive about me knowing what their car looks like. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it is a Prius. I guess that might be embarrassing to some people. But no, I... I, don't I dig my, you know what? Hey, look, you know, everyone sees gas prices nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it on Prius drivers or the, or the car. Like, I personally see nothing wrong with it. I see why people like have an issue though. It's 52 miles to the gallon. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not at that level, but I definitely get quite a lot. Like most people are like, oh, I'm spending like a hundred dollars in my gas tank. I'm like, I've yet to go over 50. Yeah. New fucking hamster yeah. cars for the win. 50 would hurt me a little bit. <laughs> oh, it does. It hurts me a little bit, but it's better than 90. Oh, for sure. That was too much. That was unacceptable. And plus, at some point, I'm definitely gonna, like, leave the state because everything's so expensive and I can't afford this for much longer. But we're gonna wait till I can finish my credentials before we do all that nonsense. Because I don't want to have to state, take state exam. I want to have to. Uh, mortuary science. I want to be an embalmer and crematory tech, and you need a license for that. Right. And you can do that while you work. Yeah. They actually are going to accommodate me for my school time, and they'll pay for my internship. Nice. Because I have to do ten cases. They'll pay you for your internship. Yeah. Okay. Usually, as they should. As they should. Right? Unpaid labor is a ridiculous concept. Yeah, I agree. Which is why when they told me that, I'm like, please let me work for you. But I also realized, like, because I have unintentionally done this thing to where, like, every year or so, I'll start working at a different location or a different company. Uh-huh. And I've steadily, like, increased how much I make. Okay. Because, like, increase my market value. I'm a competitive resource for a lot of companies and they'll be like no no please come over here i'll pay you like two dollars more than you make like fucking let's go do it it's perfect so especially if it's i keep doing that, more a week especially if i keep doing that in mortuary uh, the mortuary field like morticians at least in balmer uh tend to make like 23 an hour so if i can keep just going i'm making 23 an hour you want to offer me 25 what 40 just keep going up there we'll be making it Huh. You know what? I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't have known at all how much anyone in that field would make. But right. for some reason, I feel like dead bodies are worth a lot. <laughs> exactly, they are. Maybe a little bit more too. Especially considering like how we have to like act with them, because right. like someone asked us the other day, like, "Oh, could you take a picture, like, of the family?" And me and my other attendant looked at each other and went, "With, with the open casket." They're like, yeah. Like, no. No, we cannot. Because ethically, 
you can't take pictures of the deceased. Why? You can't leave them alone, and you can't like act profanely. Ethically, who who set these ethics? Uh, pretty much anyone who deals. Hi, kitty. Hey. Hi, pretty hey, kitty. Hey. Uh, basically anyone. So the history of uh, embalming right. is really dark and upsetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's dro- driven by money. It's driven by money and initially by arson and essentially grave robbing and theft. Uh-huh. Because it was a Civil War concept. So people would dig up bodies from Civil War memorials, send a letter to their family. You're not going to get your son back unless you pay me $3,000 for the embalming that I did. That you didn't ask for. Uh, okay. I didn't hear. I knew, I knew a little bit about the war embalming uh, marketing that they had going on. Like, oh, this could be a business. Yeah. But I did not know that people were, like, digging up bodies. Yeah. And at, at one point, they were like, oh, embalming is so cool. The body will last for years. And that's not how embalming works. Also, who cares? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> do you really want to sit with your body for years? That's a little alarming. But, like... It's around a lot of falsehoods, and so the ethical standard has to be really high. You have to treat them as if they're a living person. So, if your grandma dies, would you want someone, like, taking a picture of their very unphotogenic corpse? Be like, oh, this is so cool! If it's their family. Well, like, say you give your your family to a professional Uh who does that. It would be kind of violating for a lot of people. If not for you, then for some people, because especially the Christians, they get very upset about it. Huh. But, uh... I don't know about these. These ethics are, uh... Convoluted? I agree. I don't know what they're rooted in, but they're... uh, It's not... eh. Basically, like... It's someone else's sensibilities, not necessarily Yeah, you basically just operate under the idea that everyone, if not most people are going to be upset by the sight of a dead body, because a lot of people are. So you just function off that, don't take pictures, and don't treat them as if they're less than a human being. Because they may not be there anymore, but they're still a human person. Can you hug goodbye? Yeah! It was nice meeting you. Yes, absolutely. I hope we keep in contact. Yeah! Yeah. Let me know if you want to hang out again. I'm definitely down. Okay, cool. I don't know if I'm interested in like a romantic one, like yeah. a romantic hangout, but like you've been excellent to chat to. Yeah! Like, even if it's just like podcast talk or. Yeah, I'm down for like, that. Hey, I'm going to go to the atrium for something. Yeah, because a lot of me being on hinge isn't necessarily romantic. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not... just, I don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. Absolutely. You have my number. Hell yeah. Um, I'll send you uh, whatever I make out of this if I can if I can cobble stuff together. Yeah, through all the <laughs> all right. extra audio uh, behind it. Yeah, I always like I wasn't I never really thought about like how audio is gonna mess no, how audio is gonna mess with what I make until I started looking for the intro and like you need you need like uh, royalty free music. Yeah. And I was just like, oh wait. As soon as I walked into the atrium, they were like blasting some like old Motown. I'm like, fuck, that's gonna, I can't, I can't use that. Yeah. <laughs> I need to find silent places. Yeah, and that's why like I turned my bedroom in the eclectic space. That it serves a purpose because it is perfect for audio. Because none of the audio bounces off a certain place because everything's uneven. Mm-hmm. And I have like tapestries on the wall, so that's why it sounds so clean. 
Okay. There's no cool. noise interference at all. You and you and your co-host do not uh, film in the same spot. All right. Unfortunately, I did have to cut out the rest of it. That is the end of the date. There was just a couple more sentences there, but some music again. I promise to go on more quiet dates in the future. What what happened is we didn't have a romantic connection, right? And that's not that's not bad. There's still a lot of benefits you can get from just meeting someone that you vibe with on a friendly level. So I could invite her out to events. She may bring friends. I could meet her friends. Maybe me and her friends will connect better in that sense. Um, and vice versa too. She has access to my friend group. Now there's also the chance that she invites me out to places I wouldn't normally go. So again, now I'm exposed to totally different people I wouldn't have had a chance to meet otherwise. So there's, again, it's expanding my dating and social life if I continue to maintain a relationship with this person. So I'll keep in contact with her. I'll text her in the future if there's any kind of artsy things going on. And yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I got to meet her. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that. If you have any questions about me or getting to know strangers or have some dating-specific questions, you're welcome to email me at podcast at dateoperator.com. If I like your question, I'll answer it on here, and you'll also win a free discovery call with me. Now, if you're someone that wants coaching, someone that's struggling in dating, your sex life, or making friendships, you can book a discovery call with me, and we can make a plan to improve any or all of these areas in your life. Now, if you want some more video dating specific content, you can follow me on any of my social media handles. It's date operator, one word. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And if you're someone that likes to read, you can go to dateoperator.com blog. I have three blogs there. There's the interesting man blog, which focuses on improving our lifestyle and creating healthy habits to become more attractive partners. Then there's the fluent man blog, which focuses on improving our interpersonal skills, much like this podcast. And then there's the Empathetic Man blog, which is the most important for sustaining long-term relationships. Um, if you also want to check this podcast out on YouTube, you can find it on Getting to Know Strangers. If you like it, please subscribe. And if you liked this podcast, please give it five stars and tell your friends. Have a good day.